Everybody doing okay this morning? Man, I'll tell you what, we are absolutely loving uh, what God is doing in our church. There's just an excitement, there's a buzz happening on our campus, and I know you feel it, and I know you're feeling it in your groups, and I hope your groups are going, are the groups going well? You enjoying those? Good. Awesome. Well, we want those to be a place where you get to know each other better, and you get to talk about the things that matter most, right, which is... Uh, who we are in Christ and how our lives can, can follow him and know him and be blessed because of it. And so, uh, man, we're so glad that you're here. My name is Drew Klein. I'm one of the pastors here at South City. And uh, it is our privilege that you are here with us. We've got a lot of new folks with us. Some friends of ours drove from Pine Bluff. Crazy people driving from Pine Bluff. We're just so honored by it. It's so, so cool. Hey, listen, like I said, we're changing things up just a little bit. So I'm going to do my part right at the top, okay? And because uh, we've got some exciting things happening in just the next 15 or 20 minutes, if we even last that long. We might not even be in here for 20 minutes, so we've gotta, we're going to run through our stuff. We know you've been in your groups, but I want to just take a few minutes to kind of reiterate some of the, the topic and theme that we've been on uh, today. You know that we've been talking about what it means to be a disciple, right? What it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And so we've uh, talked about the great commission of Jesus quite a bit, Right? Jesus said in, in uh, Matthew 28, he says, go and make what? Disciples, Disciples and then we're going to baptize them, and then we're going to teach them to observe all the things that he's taught us, right? And so today, that's kind of our focus, is that we're uh, focusing on what does it mean to be taught to observe uh, a life in Christ? You know, I think in a lot of churches... You know, we, we talk about salvation, we talk about knowing God, we talk about an understanding of who Jesus is and what the gospel is, and we might even talk about baptism, we might even see people do baptism, but for some reason, in a lot of the church, we begin to fall down on the third part, to observe what it means to walk in Christ, to observe what it means to, to live in such a way that we're walking out what he's taught us and who he is. Right, you're learning in your classes uh, that the translation is the first principles. It's, it's learning what does it mean to walk and live in a knowledge and a relationship of Christ. It was very important in the early church, extremely important. And so what we see is that they wanted people, yes, to know the gospel. Same at South City. We want you to know the gospel. What is the gospel, right? What, what does it mean? What does it mean to my life? And how does, it, how does it make a difference in the life that I live around other people around me? in community, at work, in my home, what is the gospel? How does it change my life? Because trust me, it does, right? And then from there, are we being obedient to follow Christ in baptism? Are we going to know him in such a way that, listen, we're going to just, this is the first act of obedience. We're going to be baptized. And in doing so, we're going to do this. We're going to be identified as a Christ follower. When we're baptized, we're saying, I'm following Christ. He said to do this, and I want my first act of obedience to be following him in baptism. We are identified with him. Next, we're identified with each other. And that's what's so cool. When we're baptized, we're saying, I want to follow Christ. I've trusted him in the gospel. I know what the truth is, that Jesus is the redeemer and savior of the world. He's changed me. He's given me life. He's forgiven my sins. God, he was crucified, raised again. I believe those things. I want to be baptized, and I want to be identified with him. I want to live in him, and I want to live in a community of people who will help me. We fall down on that third part in so many ways. Did you know that we need each other? 
We need each other so badly. And I, one of the things I love about what we're doing in our groups right now is you're getting to know each other. There's all this engagement with each other, and it's so good because you're going to walk through things in your life that you just need to make a phone call to your group and go, hey, I need you guys praying because I don't know about this thing that I just walked through or this decision that I've got to make or this problem I'm facing or whatever the case may be. Listen, the reality is you can go in some churches and we can put on a, a mask and pretend that our lives are perfect and nothing bad is going on, but it will be a mask and it won't be real because all of us face struggles, all of us face difficulties and temptations, and, and we're meant to walk life as believers together. You know, Jesus um, was trying to help the, the disciples and kind of help them understand the need to be established in the gospel, the need to be established and know what it means to walk in Christ. And he gives us this amazing example. I want to just look at it for a second today. You remember the parable of the sower, of the soil, of the seed in the soil? You remember that one? Let me remind you about it. So Jesus is telling this story. He uses parables all the time. And I love the way he uses these parables as stories. He's a storyteller. And with all of his stories, he's got meaning so we can understand a little bit more about who he is, who we are in him, and what the kingdom of God really is. And so he tells this story about a farmer. And the farmer's got some seed, and the, and the farmer's sowing his seed. And some of the seed goes uh, onto a rocky path right next to a road. Well, any of you that have done any gardening or planting or farming, you know that doesn't work out so well. What happens is the birds come and they eat the seed and they go away and it, it never does anything, right? The second example Jesus says is sometimes you sow some seed and it, it goes into rocky ground. So it gets a little bit of root, but it doesn't really do any good because the heat comes and the cold comes and the plant dies. And then he says there's another ways that we, that we give the gospel or we give the truth of God's word. It's, if it's not just taken by the birds or gets a light uh, uh, root, what can happen is it might get a decent root, but the problem is it's also down there with thorns and thistles growing up with the plant. So he's giving these examples. And the last one he says, sometimes the farmer sows seed on good soil. And amazing things happen when the seed gets in good soil. What we're talking about in our groups is the hope of good soil for South City Church, for Southwest Little Rock, and for all of Little Rock. I want to read from Scripture. And Jesus didn't always give these explanations of his parables, but he does this one. And so instead of me explaining those four examples of sowing, I want him to do it, okay? He's much better than me. Let's look at it together. This is Matthew 13, verse 18. It says this. Jesus is explaining. He says, Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. That's the one that's the seed sown along the, the road. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful as for what was sown on good soil. Uh, as for what was sown on good soil, sorry, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields. Uh, in one case, a hundredfold, another 60, another 30. 
I love Jesus giving this explanation. When I, when I see this parable and I think about it, I think about a dear friend of mine, a um, buddy of mine named Charlie. He'd come to be a part of our church when we were in Nashville. And I love Charlie. Charlie was just humble, an amazing musician, an amazing person. I loved being around him. And he said he wanted to be baptized and follow the Lord and, and the gospel and have this life in Christ. It sounded great, Charlie, awesome. So we baptized Charlie. We get to spend time with him. We're holding each other accountable. We did that for about two years, and we didn't realize it, but Charlie's, Charlie wasn't going any deeper in Christ. He, he saw some of the peripheral things about being involved in the church. Yeah, I did baptism, and yeah, he was kind of meeting with me in a men's group some, but he wasn't, he wasn't, he wouldn't let the roots grow deep into his heart, into his soul. And so when I think about some of this example, I think about Charlie, because two years after he had uh, gotten baptized, he called me and said, Drew, I think... I think I'm, I'm done with this Christian thing. What? I couldn't believe it. What are you talking about? And he said, I, I don't think this is for me. And I thought, then you know what? You never truly tasted the mercy and the grace and the goodness of God. Because if you really know God, if you really allow the roots of the truth of his word to go deep into your soul and into your life, you'll never turn away. You'll never turn away because it's the greatest thing you can know and experience. See, our hope at South City is that through these small groups, there's good soil in your life. So that when the truth of the word of God is, is given to you, that that goes down into good soil. And what I love about this uh, parable is he's saying when the truth goes into our lives, we don't all necessarily uh, produce the same things, the same outcomes but we produce something. Some of it's 100, some people it's 60, some people it's 30. God is going to do a work in all of us when we allow the truth of his word to go down into our hearts and go down into our lives. That's the purpose of these, these uh, first principle groups. We mentioned this verse last week. I just want to show it to you again. Colossians 2, 6 through 7. In fact, can we just read this together? This is so important for where we are and what we're doing right now. Let's read this together. You ready? Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Listen, this is what uh, Paul is trying to say here. A life in Christ isn't just making a decision to follow Christ. There are some layers to knowing him. We're going to walk in him. We're going to know him, right? And then we want to be rooted in him. We want to have a depth in him. And then we want to be built up in him. We want to be growing in him. And then we want to be established in him. Where are you this morning? Where is your heart today, honestly? Do you know him as your savior? Maybe you need to come talk to one of the pastors after we finish today and say, man, I want to know him. I want to, I want to walk with him. I want to have a relationship with him and I don't. How do I do that? We would love to tell you. And maybe you're saying, I, you know, I'm just getting rooted. This is where I'm at in my life. I, I'm just trying to get some roots about what is truth in my life. Or maybe you're saying, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to build up. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to grow. Or maybe you've known him and you've been walking in him for so long, you'd say, you know what? I truly feel established in the gospel of Jesus. Praise God. There are some layers. There's a measure to knowing Christ. And that's the purpose in what we're doing. Last thing I would just tell us this morning is that, uh, and it's just for some reason this was on my heart, you know the world that we live in has a lot of different philosophies, 
a lot of different theories, and uh, if we're not careful, we'll allow, just like that parable, we'll allow the truth of God's word to get tangled up in the deceitfulness of riches or the cares of this world, right? It'll choke out the truth in our lives, and we can be deceived. So many different uh, religions, uh, almost religions, things that we think that are just Sort of, sounds sort of like the gospel, but not really. We're not sure. That's one of the reasons we want you to be established in the faith, okay? This is what uh, the writer in Hebrews says, Hebrews 5.12. For though by this time, he's kind of scolding this group of people, right? For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God or the first principles, You need milk, not solid food, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Can you distinguish good from evil in the world? Because what this says is you're going to learn how to do that by constant practice. Right? You're going to learn to, to discern what is real, what is false, what is truth, what is not truth, what is good, and what is evil. You're going to do that by practice, knowing Christ, growing in him, walking life with other people, being established in your faith. Now, I'm going to close like this, and we're going to finish the rest of our service in just a minute. Listen, if you are on trial today, think about this for just a minute. Somebody walked you up in front of the judge, and you're standing there all by yourself in front of the judge, and you're on trial, and they're trying to determine whether or not you're a Christian, whether or not you live a life that honors God and that what you live like proves that you're a Christian. Would there be enough evidence in your life to prove it? Would there be enough things surrounding your life that they would go, oh man, this guy's definitely a Christian. Or we've been, we've been looking, we've been trying, we don't see really Christ-likeness in her life. We don't see her making decisions that honor God. I'm not sure if she's a Christian. What would be the verdict for your life? Listen, whatever the answer is in your heart, that can change. Right now, today, you can make a decision. Say, Lord, I want to be grounded, I want to be rooted, I want to be built up, I want to be established in Jesus Would you help me to do that? We would love for you to do that here in this family. We would love that. Listen, uh, we've got an exciting few moments before we go. Uh, We're going to get to baptize a couple of folks in just a few minutes and see the very work of God moving in somebody's life. It's beautiful. If you're one of those people that you're saying, man, I think I need to be baptized. I want to follow Christ in obedience. I think this is something I need to do. I haven't done it, and I need to do that. We would love for you to do that, okay? And we'll be doing that on March 11th. So come talk to us about it. All right. I want to pray for us. And then we're going to continue the rest of our service this morning. Lord, we love you so much. God, thank you for your kindness. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you, God, that you don't want us just to stay as babies drinking milk. Um, The basic truths of your word. You want us on solid food. You want us to be able to discern good from evil, right from wrong. God, you want us to be able to discern uh, the deeper things 
of the word and of the world. You want us to be able to follow you, Lord, in such a way that we know you in a deeper way. Lord, we know that you love us. (laughs) That is the message of the gospel of Jesus, that you love us. That you came to this world and you gave your life for us so that we could know you. God, I pray if there's any person in this room today that doesn't know you, would you help them to be drawn to you? God, may they find their hope in you and you alone because you're the only one who satisfies. Lord, I pray that as we finish out this service, as we sing, as we take our offering, as we lift up your holy name, as we baptize, being obedient to you in the Great Commission, that if anyone here, Lord, needs to make a choice to follow you or to observe who it is that we need to be in you in a different way, God, to grow in you, would you draw them to yourself even now? Lord, we love you. What a joy it is to be yours and to be in this family. Continue to work in us, God, the way you are doing so right now that we see. We love you so much. We give you all that we are. We pray that you continue to bless us and and help us to serve you and know you. Use us for your glory. Do in us, Lord, what only you can do. We're so thankful for all the visitors and new friends that we have, God. We pray that you bring them back and lead them into a life that knows you more, serves you, and makes you known for your glory. In Jesus' precious name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen.